everyone is playing their part to end the COVID-19 pandemic. Most of us are staying at home. There are many who are out there, out of their homes, helping to save lives. They are the frontliners. And today we speak to a Catholic doctor as he shares his experience and story. Hello and welcome to another episode of Catholics at Home, which is produced in collaboration with the Catholic Research Centre in Kuala Lumpur. My name is Kachang Kevin and my co-host today is Mark Darren Lee. Hey Mark, how are you doing? Doing the same, even better, being thankful. <laughs> well, I can tell you Mark is a little bit happy because I think our special guest today is a Liverpool fan. So Mark has something in common. His tequila is on the go, shall we say. Well, also we have uh, Father Clarence Devdas on our team as usual. Hi, Father. Hi, everyone. Now, Father, in the previous episode, we encourage our viewers to send in pictures of uh, their decoration at home as they celebrate Holy Week, Palm Sunday, Holy Thursday, Good Friday and Easter Sunday. We've already had some entries coming in. Have you had a look at it? And what do you think of it? Very exciting. Very creative, Kevin. A lot of them. I also received some uh, uh, privately from friends, uh, from parishioners. Uh, hopefully, if I can get permission from them, I will post it also on our Facebook page so that others can see what people are doing. And then we'll come probably, Father Patrick and I will, will choose one. And then the mystery gift will arrive. All right, fantastic. So you heard that. You want to try and win that mystery prize from Father Clarence and Father Patrick Masang. Just go to our Facebook page, Catholics at Home Podcast, and post the best picture of your Holy Week, whether it's Palm Sunday, Good Friday, Holy Saturday, Easter, whatever. We want to see your decorations at home. All right, now on to the show. Our show today for the show titled The Frontliners is Dr. Ian Neto. Hello, Dr. Ian. Hi, Kevin. Good evening, Father. Mark. Hi, Ian. Okay, Good evening. Doc, Doc, we have to settle one thing first. Let yes. us know, are you a Liverpool fan? Yes, die hard. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so that evens it out. Eh? Two Liverpool fans and two Man United fans, Father Clarence and myself. So, I don't know how this goes to go. Let's just try and keep it calm, alright? Yeah. Okay, Dr. Ian, just tell us a bit more about yourself, your family, what is Chilti and where are you based right now? Uh, so, I'm actually uh, born and bred in Kajang, Songo. Uh, I come from the parish of Holy Family Kajang. Uh, so, my family is there. I'm actually based in a government hospital in Johor right now and I'm a gynecologist. And for the benefit of a lot of those watching, probably from now, just call me Ian. Because I think a lot of my parishioners still look at me as the little boy they see in church. So none of them, I don't think, very, not many of them refer to me as doctor. So Ian will be fine from here now, <laughs> this point on. <laughs> all right. So come, your boy is right here on the show, Ian. Give him some love, all right? And uh, you, you mentioned you're going to Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Now, Ian, you mentioned you're a gynecologist. But, you know, with this pandemic, are they really short of doctors that they need all, any kind of doctor to help out? Yes. Uh, we need anyone and everyone. Uh, it has no longer become a department-specific, uh, you know, job. Everybody is one team. 
everybody has a common goal and everybody has to play their part uh, whether you're a gynecologist whether you're a dermatologist whether you're a radiologist uh, any department you know we have a common goal and we have to make uh, this COVID-19 a priority and dealing with this COVID-19 a priority um, so that is where we are at at this point of time the main reason uh, that has to take place is we need uh, sufficient manpower so one of the things that remains very very important or utmost priority is also uh, aside from treating the patients and making sure they get well is ensuring that the doctors uh, and the medical staff and everyone involved stays healthy uh, and is well protected against this virus so a lot of it involves limiting the amount of personnel in the hospital at any given time uh, limiting the amount of hours they spend in the hospital so in order to achieve this we need to actually increase the size or the pool of doctors that deal with these cases so that is why we have to you know all play a part and all contribute in that sense to treating and managing this COVID-19. Maybe uh, Ian can tell us what is a day like uh, in Ian's life at this moment during this pandemic? Just tell us how does your day go about? Okay, so well prior to this a day would be you know going to the hospital, uh, going to work. So we start off the day with a department meeting uh, to run through the things that have taken place the day before and what we're going to do today. And then we go off to our respective areas where we are in charge of. Uh, we go about work. Uh, I come back in the evenings. Uh, I sit around and laze around and uh, maybe do some exercise or hit the gym. And then, you know, have, my din- uh, have a shower, have dinner. And yeah, maybe some light reading and things like that at night. Uh, watch a bit of TV before I go to bed. Well, things have changed now. Uh, starters... <laughs> Uh, the morning meetings that we have, we can't carry them out anymore because we're not encouraged to have gatherings of big people or, or if, not, if we do actually have a meeting, we have to keep the number of members involved uh, limited or restricted. Uh, then our day-to-day activities at work, have, so we're not all stationed in the same places anymore. So we've been moved about. And now when I come back... Uh, well, it's no more, you know, lay around anymore. I have to hit the shower straight away, put my clothes away, sort of disinfect myself. Uh, we have to actually even shower at the hospitals as well, be leaving. So then uh, it becomes a bit tough to exercise because if you exercise, then it means you'll have to shower again. So uh, maybe packing on the pounds a bit now because of that. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, and obviously you can't go out and exercise, you can't move around so much, so you just have to uh, do the things, you know, uh, probably very often now I have to do my laundry because the moment I come back, I put clothes in the machine, leave it there and I don't like it accumulating. You can't reuse the same pants already every, anymore, <laughs> you have to change one every day. So yeah, uh, and then, you know, uh, get on with dinner and uh, do yeah uh, my usual housework and things like that so when you come back home are you coming back to anybody is there any of your family members there or what or you're alone well fortunately i'm alone i mean fortunately at this point of time i think it it works out 
fast that way that I'm alone and I'm not exposed to anyone. So I'm coming back to an empty home. So in that sense, I don't put anyone else at risk, but I still have to keep the house, you know, clean or take certain steps. Like I said, you know, showering as soon as I get home from outside just to minimize the risk of carrying these bugs around with me. Yeah. Yeah. So maybe Dr. Ian or Ian, yeah. um, what, what kind of challenges do you face today in your work? Because I can, I can believe, I mean, I believe that a lot of things are changing in, at the work itself, you know what I mean? And, and it can be quite chaotic, um, not chaotic, but there look got a lot of new experiences you're facing at work, right? Maybe could you share a little bit in terms of those challenges and what kind of changes you're seeing uh, at the hospital itself? Yeah, I think the thing, the word you used there was very apt when you said new. It is indeed something very new. Uh, there's very limited data emerging about it. And uh, again, that in itself is a challenge because it's something that nobody is really familiar with uh, based on our experiences or encounters with our Chinese counterparts who were the first to deal with this pandemic. You know, we've managed to get some sort of idea on how to cope and deal with it. But again, having sort of like theoretical details and data about it again limited data on this and the numbers are not that great to go you know to to work with uh it's still different from actually having some sort of practical exposure or day-to-day exposure to and how to handle this so we did put in some effort to sort of prepare for this uh you know in the event that it did reach our doorstep you know, beforehand. So when the Chinese were dealing with it, we did have some measures in place. We did have some drills. We, there were certain things. We, 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 we conducted lots of meetings, uh, lots of, you know, uh, contingency plans. But again, you're never ever fully ready, you know, when you're coming to dealing with something like this. And again, as I said, every day there was new data emerging about this. So we, the challenge was to constantly keep ourselves updated and again, when you have new data emerging like this, it, it is very easy sort of to get mixed up you know, and confused with what you read a few days ago and then implementing that and putting that into practice uh, in your daily activities. So again, part of the challenge is also getting out of our comfort zones. Again, comfort zones are a rarity in the field of medicine, but yeah, it, it's still a challenge because I think human, we are a bit, to a certain extent, we're a bit resistant to change. And putting these new practices into place was a great challenge. And we needed time. Uh, to a certain extent, we didn't have enough, but we had to act on it, you know. So that was the challenge. Uh, obviously, the other challenge is that we don't get to... Um, you know, work together with people that you are used to working with because everybody gets pulled to different teams and uh, different uh, areas depending on where the need is. And you just have to make do with what you have, you know. Uh, but yeah, somehow we've survived, we've coped and we are learning as we go along and as we move along. Yeah. I guess with well, all these you- year, years of training, you know, it's, it's a bit like whatever we do. You know, have all this six to eight years of training. Uh, you have the textbook knowledge, mm-hmm. but when you are when you encounter the real situation, uh, it's totally different, isn't it? I mean, it's 
It's something yes. that you because it's, it's the goalposts keep changing every day. I mean, since we're all football fans, we can talk about goalposts. You know, <laughs> uh, so every morning you arrive at the hospital, you, you you realize that something new has come up. Uh, it must be it must be very difficult for all the frontliners to deal exactly. with this. Exactly, exactly, and uh, yeah, no amount of years in medical school could prepare anyone for this because it's not something that you face on a day-to-day basis. So no one is going to spend their time or, you know, even when we were first alerted about this and we realized that we had to do, you know, some breeding and preparation for this, we had to balance between how much time we spent preparing for this and how much we spent time we spent on our day-to-day work because we still had our normal workload and it was not here yet. And, you know, we had to find the balance in between the time we spent preparing because what if it doesn't come and then we realize that we've neglected our other as the other aspects of our work. So again, that probably proved to be another challenge. So how, how yeah, does your, I, wanted- I mean, I, I'm just curious to find out, sorry, Kevin, I'm just curious to find out, you know, how does your faith prepare you for something like this? You know, it must be very difficult. Well, thankfully, well, I have had few encounters or a number of encounters where my faith, I think, played a great role in uh, my entire medical practice. Uh, I try as much as possible to stay grounded and stay humble uh, in my day-to-day uh, you know, practice, whatever I do. Uh, I always try to tell myself and believe that it is not me who is doing this. It is the work of God through my hands, through my body, uh, through my mind that is in play and at times at times when maybe you know sometimes as doctors we tend to try to i wouldn't say play god but almost play god and we like to be in control of certain situations we like to be on top of things and and i think there have been a number of instances that you know i have gone down that road and i notice the presence of god bringing me back when i'm getting to you know real trying to think that this is actually my ability and then suddenly something happens, uh, you know, and I realize, you know what? No, no, no. I can't solve this problem. This is beyond me. Uh, you know, then I turn to God and say, you know, I had this little conversation with him and say, you know, what's going on here? Yeah, yeah, I know you're trying to warn me. Yes, I should not get too cocky. And yeah, okay, yes, I know. Yeah, it's you. It's you. It's not me. So I've had uh, a number of instances like that in my career, uh, which has really helped me now in that sense to deal with this. Uh, Another thing uh, that helps me to deal with the challenges, uh, for instance, I'm, I, those who know me will know I'm very family oriented, very close to my friends. Friends have become my family in that sense. And every time I go back, we get a chance to go back home. I'm at home, family comes over with everybody. And uh, I don't know, it's been six weeks, four weeks or six weeks since I last saw them. Uh, I must say, I'm not homesick. I do miss them, but I'm not homesick. Uh, and I'm not struggling to cope with that. And I think a lot of that has to do with my faith as well. Uh, because uh, this revelation came to me a number of years ago, uh, when we often find ourselves in a position that we, we, come, to, uh, we come to the situation where we're in a tough spot, or something bad happens to us, or we are ill, and we ask you know, why, why me, why me, why me? And then I myself, you know, looking at people uh, in other situations, you know, even patients who I deal with, with a lot of illnesses or disabilities, 
And then I asked myself, maybe I'm, we are asking the wrong questions a lot of time. Instead of asking why me, the, other, the question we should ask ourselves is why not me? You know, why, why am I not this disabled one? Why was I not an uh, underprivileged child born in a third world country? Why was I not, you know, uh, why was I, okay, forget about disabilities. Among, say, my classmates, why was I the one who was born into a family who, could, who had the means to send me uh, to study medicine? You know, I had maybe others who we were all on a level playing field as far as our uh, abilities were concerned, as far as our academic capabilities were concerned, but maybe I was among the few who had the opportunity. And then I, I found out that, you know, I have a purpose and this is my purpose. If I was supposed to be just standing somewhere doing something of, you know, very little significance to humanity, then I probably would have been born as that underprivileged child or as that disabled person elsewhere. But the reason that I'm so abled and uh, so, uh, you know, I'm so blessed to have whatever I have is because I'm supposed to do something with this. And that is how the, my Catholic faith has played a great part in what I do on a day-to-day basis. So for, from that point on, I stopped looking at problems or trials as a challenge. It just became something to embrace and it just showed me more what I'm here for. Go ahead, Kevin. I've already interrupted yeah. you twice. No, no. Uh, thank you, Father Clevis, for bringing uh, faith up because uh, that's where I wanted to go actually uh, talk about faith and also I wanted to ask straight up, uh, Ian, whether are you scared or not? But uh, first of all, I'd like to say there was a very thoughtful reflection there of um, you know, asking why not me? And of course, you know, we can also ask, ask ourselves like why are we in in the work that we're in, the vocation that we're in. And of course, I think uh, the answer to that, Father Clarence might say is, of course, we're all playing this part which, the, which in, in a big picture is God's plan and how we fit to all this. And I guess that's why we're not footballers. <laughs> but anyway, but, but Ian, I, I just wanted to ask you a question. Beyond, are you scared when you go to work um, every day nowadays? Uh, I mean... I am definitely scared, but again, I think I've been more afraid of other things in the past and uh, God has pulled me through. So this, I would say, is nothing compared to a lot of things that I am afraid of in the past. And uh, I think those, the people who are actually more afraid than me, I think is my family. Uh, But uh, I try to reassure them as much as possible to tell them that, you know what, I'm well taken care of. We are well protected. And obviously, the grace of God and the, the protection that we are offered by God Himself will get me through. So I don't let that get in the way. And again, in in the line that we're in, we are left with very little room and time for to be afraid. And uh, someone very rightly said, you know, we cannot be too afraid all the time about everything, because if this disease doesn't kill, uh, kill you, the fear will. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah, true. so uh, Ian, I mean, I've, I've been, I've, I mean, uh, when I look on the social media, we see a lot of doctors, nurses, and all with, with the, with paper or post. I mean, uh, with a poster saying, "I stayed at work for you. You, you stay at home for us." You know what I mean? And these are all the unsung heroes which uh, uh, 
uh, which are contributing a lot of their time, their efforts, and also their self towards uh, finding a solution or finding cure to the people who are admitted. Maybe could you speak about these unsung heroes in, in your hospital, in the line of work where you are at, um, those doctors and also those who are not doctors and nurses. I mean, maybe could you, could you share a little bit more about your experiences with them? Yeah, sure, Mark. So, yeah, uh, as, I, as you rightly said, it's not just us doctors and nurses. In fact, it, it extends beyond that and uh, it extends to people like, you know, cleaners. The cleaners who have the responsibility of cleaning the pathways that the patients use, the lifts that the patients use to make sure it's disinfected. And they have to do it in a very uh, efficient manner, uh, time efficient, you know, and the way they do it is a lot of skill and detail involved in that. Uh, ambulance drivers, we've got a lot of volunteers. We've got a lot of uh, non-clinical staff, you know, like uh, administrators or those who are involved in the... Uh, IT or tech support and all these people are playing a very, very active and important role in, uh, the, in the hospital and keeping the hospital afloat. So it is actually more of a team effort. There is no one single frontliner or there's no one most important person. And when we get out of it, there's not going to be anyone claiming to be the hero of the day or who saved us from this, but it is definitely every single Person. And obviously, most importantly, I think this, 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 this term frontliners has been used a lot. But the real frontliners are those of you, the most important people staying at home. You know, you are the real frontliners. We are actually the last line of defense, uh, if you look at it. The frontliners are those staying at home. We are really grateful to you all for complying to the MCO, uh, for doing your part. A lot of people have come forward, a lot of organizations have come forward to offer help, offer aid like in terms of preparing or even stitching our personal protective equipment and gear. A lot of them helping, uh, sending us food, sending tokens of appreciation. It's, it's been amazing. It's actually been amazing in a lot of places, a lot of centers. But we still need you know, everybody to play their part. And no one single person is less important than the other. Yeah, but I think adding to this, I mean, the previous episode, we, thought, we talked about being grateful, right, uh, Kevin and Father? So uh, yeah. with the way I look at it also, the, the, even the garbage collectors, you know what I mean? Uh, people who are, who are collecting garbage at this time, you know what I mean, during the COVID-19, or even the grab riders and the food panda, the delivery boys, I mean, they are so important to us today. And, and, and last time we take them for granted. We think those are the lower income uh, or low skill jobs, but actually this, everyone has a role to play in, in this. And I think today it's great that we, it opens the eyes of other people that, hey, this, all of, everyone appreciates uh, the role they are playing, uh, even though they are just a garbage collector, even though they are a food panda or, or, a, or a grab driver, you know what I mean? And I think uh, sometimes it's good for us to also give them a token of appreciation, like how y'all doctors and all y'all get it to the hospitals. Sometimes like even tipping for the grab guy or maybe buying, buying him a nasi or Coca-Cola because they go in the sun and what, even, even though it's uh, tough times for them because they also have to earn a living. So I think uh, it's great that, that you shared that everyone is actually being part of this team, team you know what I mean? It's like a football club. Every, everybody uh, has a role to play. Even the guy is cutting the pitch, you know what I mean? or the guy who's a, who is a ball collector, ball boy. So I think, uh, thank you so much for sharing that. 
through this COVID-19 thing has given us a new pers- perspective. Uh, but for you, Ian, as a doctor, uh, has this given you a perspective on life? Maybe you can share something about that? Yes, definitely. Um, like what Mark said, I think a lot of times we take the littlest things or the simplest things for granted. Uh, at the same time, we often complain or make a big deal about the smallest and simplest, most insignificant thing. For instance, uh, I was sitting and reflecting about how Holy Week is going to be like. Uh, it's probably the first time, I don't know, maybe I, I can speak for myself that I've not been to church during a Holy Week or not able to have access to a church and go for Mass and you know celebrate Holy Week in that sense. And uh, I was asking myself, how, how are we going to do this? And how, how are we going to go about it? It's never going to be the same. And and I'm thinking, yeah, sometimes we find ourselves in a position, we, we complain about, you know, the church is too hot, the church is packed, uh, you know, the choir is this, the choir is the sound system is not good, sound system is not that. But I think at this time, we said, really, does it matter? We'd rather be in church. We'd rather be in church. <laughs> so it, you know, it takes us, I mean, it teaches us not to take these little things for granted, not to make a big deal of really small things. Uh, in another sense, now, when I look back at the celebration of Holy Week in previous years or, you know, in the past, uh, as a student, as a, someone who was working, it was always uh, sort of, you know, you go to work, you come back and then, okay, it's, we have to get to church on time, we have to do this. And then after that, you know, it's a procession and this. And then the next day you go to work and then you come back, okay, Good Friday, you have to be, take half day, you come and you have to fast and all that. And... I asked myself, yes, but where was the holy aspect of Holy Week outside the church? You know, and then I realized this is probably the best chance of us to actually explore that and actually uh, understand that Holy Week can actually exist outside the church. We don't have a church to go to this week, which forces us to look at the possibilities of creating Holy Week or the holy environment outside, outside church. And that was, uh, yeah, that was when it changed my perspective, not only on life, but just about something, just about this week alone. Yeah. Okay, Ian. Yeah, I'm sure uh, Father Clarence, Father Clarence, you can add to that because, you know, as we have uh, social distancing, it's also the spiritual nearness that, that we are trying to achieve, especially during Holy Week. You want to just add a couple of words for that? Uh, I think what Ian said is, is absolutely right. You know, the holiness, not just being in church, uh, but the holiness is also within yourselves, wherever you are. You know? And I'm sure, I mean, as Ian said, that like him, there are many other healthcare professionals out there who are not able to go to church. You're not just talking about Malaysia, we're talking about the whole world. Uh, who are devout Christians, who are not able to go to church to celebrate this important. But I think, you know, it's that closeness of heart uh, to the whole event that's taking place, the passion, the death, the resurrection. Uh, that's, the, that's the kind of connection that we want. Uh, maybe in some ways, you know, people can be seated in church, but still be very distant from the whole experience. They can be present physically, but not spiritually. But maybe now, the time that when we are unable to be present physically, maybe this is an opportunity for us to connect spiritually. And this is a great opportunity to connect with God. And I think that is one way of looking at it. Of course, you know, 
to be able to be connected to this whole event uh, of the Easter mysteries. So Ian, uh, before we end, uh, maybe could you share with us some advice for Malaysians out there? I mean, all those listening, you know, I mean, in terms of uh, what, what, what should you do? I mean, at, at this moment, I know a lot of us have been watching different uh, uh, WhatsApp messages coming in in terms of like wearing a mask, don't wear a mask, uh, no touch uh, service in terms of collecting the food, disinfect the plastic bags. Yeah, maybe could you share with us a, yeah, a tip or two? This our PSA moment, our PSA moment. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, definitely. Uh, first of all, please comply to the MCO as much as possible. Uh, you know, they're there, the rules, the regulations are there for a reason. Uh, it's a bit difficult for the enforcement officers or the healthcare officers to justify every one of them, but they're definitely there for a reason. Uh, personal hygiene, the social distancing is very important. Probably the best thing you can do for your family if you're living in a family, or surrounded by people, then the moment you get home, quickly go and wash your wash your hands. Uh, you know, or probably even take a shower if you can. It's the best before you go and hug your kids. Or you know, it's always nice to hug your kids, but yeah, clean yourself first. Uh, and obviously, yeah, remain steadfast in prayer. Pray for us. Pray for all all those involved in tackling and curbing diseases. Pray for each other, and obviously pray for our priests and the. Uh, you know, the social comm team who has done such an amazing job in bringing us live feeds of the masses everywhere. Uh, I, it, it has been amazing. It has been really something very refreshing. Never have I attended you know, so many daily masses with so many different priests in such a short span of time. <laughs> that, is, that was nice. Yeah, so pray, pray for everybody and keep up the good work that you've been doing so far. All right, thank you so much, uh, Ian, Dr. Ian Neto. We thank you and all the frontliners for helping us fight COVID-19. We will certainly pray for the safety and well-being for all of you out there. And uh, we hope we can see an end to this pandemic really soon. Uh, Father, any last words? And also maybe you can lead us with a prayer to end the show. Yeah, I think there's, there's you know, we want to express our gratitude. If Ian now represents the frontliners uh, throughout the world, uh, it's the only way that we can express our gratitude to Ian and all the other people, you know, who are who are putting so much of effort, uh, generosity of time, talent, you know, to to fight this. You know, what is beautiful is that here in Malaysia, I think you know something like this brings us together. There's no longer any differences between us. You know, we are united together. We want to to rid our world of COVID-19. So, Ian, thank you very much. Uh, and, and to all the frontliners, tomorrow morning when you get to work, uh, please tell your team you know, that we thank them for, for, for being there uh, to help us uh, through this time. And maybe we can conclude with a prayer and pray for all of all our frontliners, all healthcare professionals. In the name of the Father, Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Loving Father, we come before you at this time, the beginning of Holy Week, as we want to be connected with you, with your Son, Jesus. Today, we want to pray especially for all those who give themselves to combat COVID-19, in a special way for all healthcare providers at every level who are protecting us, who are trying to save lives. We pray for them, Lord. We pray that you would protect, keep them safe so that they can be your instruments of healing, that 
you bring healing to this world through the work of your hands. And so we, wherever they are, whatever they are doing at this moment, we just offer them to you and we ask you to bless them. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. 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 Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father Clarence, for that. Uh, well, that's it for this episode. A big thank you once again to Dr. Ian Neto, Father Clarence Devdas, and Mark Darren Lee for being on the show. Well, uh, two Man United supporters, two Liverpool supporters, and everything went pretty well, right? <laughs> no, no unwanted tackles, I, I might say. All right, don't forget to watch uh, our previous episodes on Facebook, and please do share this episode to your friends and uh, family on Facebook or WhatsApp. This has been Catholics at Home Podcast. From all of us, goodbye.